What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Daily Mic Drop, episode number 58. I am Mike Zacchio, and as always, I appreciate you all taking a little bit of time out of your nights to sit and chat with me here for a little bit. I was just getting the uh, the pinned comment set up down there. Um, I know I got to start doing that more often for these uh, for these episodes. If you have not done so already, please subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts, or if you are not an Apple fan, just listen on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, pretty much whatever your preferred uh, platform of a uh, of choice is. Just know that you know you listening is uh is appreciated by me very very much um for tonight's episode our guest is a former right a sp- former sports reporter which is how we linked up and uh she's currently writing about fashion and beauty for the site betches uh i'm not super familiar with it but my fiance very much is and i hope you all are as well so please show some love in the comment section to tonight's guest dylan rubenstein and let's pull dylan on here What's going on, Dylan? How are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. Can you hear me all right? Yes, can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly. Yeah, let me just... uh, Okay. I'm having like a little, uh, a little like, um, feedback or so. I don't know if it's on my end or yours. Okay, there we go. We're good. Excellent. So how have you been? Um, It's been a while since we've chatted. (laughs) I know. I feel like it's been like years. It does but it has been. Yeah. Um, so how are you handling quarantine and COVID? Like what's, uh, what's life looking like for you? Yes. Yeah, so I live in New York city. So I've definitely been at like the brunt of it. Um, it was really interesting working from home. Um, I live in an apartment with my boyfriend, so we have been trapped inside for a hundred days for, <laughs> but it hasn't been bad. I mean, of course it's been bad in the sense yeah. that like, it's hard to see the world crumble, but, um, we're lucky we live right on the west side highway so we have that path where we can walk in the water um just feeling lucky that it hasn't impacted us too severely personally um i know not everyone can say the same so taking the good from it and just focusing on growth and self and hoping for the best hoping things get better soon but yeah does NYC look like it's making any kind of a turn back to, to normalcy or like what? Cause I'm, I don't spend too much time in the city normally, yeah. let alone right now. I would say yes. In some ways, sorry, I have like a hair in my mouth, but um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, restaurants are opening for outdoor seating. You're definitely seeing more people walking around out and about and doing things. Offices are opening again, slowly and safely, but doing that um you can go in a store and shop now which is interesting um on the like negative side you're seeing less and less people wear a mask when outside and for me it still freaks me out a little bit um i know in westchester i think like most people don't walking around <laughs> but here to me it's like jarring to walk by someone and they don't have it on because i'm like are you trying to kill me or I, that was gonna be my next question like you know obviously it seems like life is starting to somewhat become normal again. Again, I use somewhat very, very loosely, but yes. I do feel like, you know, people, as the weather got nicer, it's like, Oh, we don't need to wear a mask. And it's like, yeah. um, you do know, like the virus is like still out there. We, there's no vaccine, no cure. So yeah. yeah. And, and Westchester <laughs> is ironic because like, that's really where it all started in New York. Yeah. That like, like yeah. if anybody should be wearing masks. It should be you fuckers. <laughs> I remember really clearly, like, I remember seeing that one person in Westchester knew Rochelle had it. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe someone in Westchester got it. That's crazy. And I was like, oh, thank God I live in the city. Yeah, because I mean, what was it? New Rochelle was like the epicenter of like everything. And I'm like, oh, my God, I have like family there. I have friends there. Like, holy shit, this is like hitting really close to home. And then obviously things just exploded. But I'm just 
hopeful that you know people will start wearing masks more and they'll start taking it a little bit more seriously. I mean, it's been yeah. four months of this now, so it's like, do you want to continue this for another four, five, six months? Because like, I would like to get back to normal life, but damn, yeah. so no, it's definitely weird. It's weird. It feels like pinch me. I'm dreaming in a bad way. I'm nightmaring. Yeah. Because I worked in or I worked in the Palisades Mall, and I remember when this was like all first starting to happen. Like it was very much like Zombie Land. Like that's how I kind of compared it. Because it's like you walk around the yeah. mall, and it's like there's just empty stores everywhere. Like I can like mm-hmm. hop like any railing, and like okay, like and I'm just walking around Chili's with nobody here, and like it, it's yeah. just it's very odd. And I'm like, and that was March, and I'm thinking like this will be a few weeks, and now it's been a few months, and I'm just really hopeful that like things will get back to normal sooner rather yeah. than later. Um, I thought this. I thought I was like, oh, like I'll leave some stuff in the office. It'll be like a month. This sucks. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, three weeks. Like, if we get like a month, like that'd be great. But you know, here we <laughs> are, four months later. But um, so for you, I mean, you've had two very different career areas. Like, you covered sports, yeah. or whatever. Now you cover fashion and beauty, and um, but they were all in the field of journalism. Like, you were still covering mm-hmm. them, writing about them. And I'm curious, yeah. like, did you always want to? be a journalist or did you just kind of fall into it no yeah when i was younger i really looked up to michelle tafoya and then like later on erin andrews as she blew up but when i was like a child i was like i want to be michelle tafoya and everyone was like what does that even mean so um for me i always wanted to do sports journalism obviously i'm not really there right now but that being said i always had an interest in writing I always did better in writing classes when it came to like English and creative writing. I did better there, whereas like science was a different language to me. Um, So I always felt more connected and I'm very chatty. So I always felt like it made sense for me to interview people because I want to talk, but I also want to listen. So for me, that was a way to do so. I'm like, okay, I'll shut myself up by listening to other people, but then I can still talk and learn things about people. Um, Yeah. So then I had that opportunity. I went to SUNY Cortland um, and they had Jets training camp there. And I met a lot of cool people. I worked closely with Rich Samini, who works for the Jets with ESPN, um, built a relationship with him, built connections with him. And he was like an amazing mentor. I mean, I still would consider him an amazing mentor to this day um, and just kind of built me up and gave me like a crash course. Um, He would take me to Jets training camp when it was in Jersey. And he would kind of bring me on the field and be like, this is who you would talk to. And this is how you, so sort of like that. And then once I made a connection with Kevin at News 12, um, it kind of went from there. And that brought me into that first like point of sports journalism. Um, And then obviously things happened there. Um, Unfortunately, News 12 varsity for the Westchester segment just sort of didn't work out for them. Um, I think Long Island took over. I don't know the details and I don't want to speak on it. Yeah. Um, Um, But yeah, so that was just sort of like the quick journey. And then. Um, I've also always loved beauty. I've enjoyed makeup. Like I'm kind of artsy. So I feel like the two worlds ended up colliding and I was like, oh, this is cool. You can still do the reporting journalism aspect, but it doesn't only have to be about sports. Yeah. I I think that people like lose sight of the fact that like you don't need to be pigeonholed into one thing. Like at the Mm -hmm. same time, like that you were covering sports and writing about, you know, you're interviewing celebrities and writing about fashion or whatever. Like, you know, I was doing sports and I'm writing about like love. Like you don't like you can be a writer and you know, you can, people can have multiple interests it doesn't need to be like oh that's dylan the sports reporter or you're dylan the fashion writer you can't be both like like they don't need to be mutually exclusive i don't think in my opinion totally um how important was it for you to have rich like someone that really like 
really kind of took you under their wing and, and really showed you the ropes, not just like someone like, Hey, if you need to give me a call one day, you know, reach out to me, but like to have someone that really kind of guides you along and, and kind of shows you the ropes. I was, and still am so grateful for him because first and foremost, he was just so nice to me. And I feel like the higher profile you get, the less nice you are. And that's not to generalize. That's not true for everyone. But at that time, it just felt like he was on my side and, that encouragement alone really helps because then you feel comfortable asking more questions and you feel comfortable and going to work and you also feel comfortable learning more like it motivates you to learn more on your own and then of course having him who's just so experienced and so kind to lean on and say hey like what would you do in this situation or that situation or hey can i call you i just want to give you an update like he was all ears and like he was so knowledgeable and still is obviously so um definitely important and i don't think that it was something where if someone else didn't have that connection, it should drive them away from trying to write or make it. But it definitely didn't hurt to have someone that I felt really comfortable talking to learning from. And I looked up to. I think for whether it's celebrities or just people, you know, high profile journalists, like I feel like there's almost some sort of responsibility to like kind of mold the younger generation. Cause like, yeah. you know, we're going like, whether it's athletes, like we need athletes when you retire and writers like when you retire yeah. and when you go away like we need so like why not have someone that's going to learn things the right way as opposed to kind of fighting it and being like oh this new young blood coming in like you know i don't yeah. want to help them out let them figure it out like you know i have to protect my own job it's like i feel like you can still do your own job and be a mentor or a role model to the younger generation yeah i feel like that holds true for a lot of things not even and I of feel course unfortunately that's not the mentality for everyone um that kind of stinks but it's definitely helpful like if you're helping build people up that's a positive thing and it's going to help not only them but help you because it shows you're a good leader which is also important in the workplace regardless of what industry and i think people often forget that yeah like at my old job like so i we covered pretty much high school sports but we did at the time cover the new york rangers and the new york yankees and like our yankees writer chad jennings was like so well known on the Yankees beat and, and throughout the, uh, you know, the Yankees fans. And like, I had never really met him and I met him at a volleyball game one day. And I'm like, Chad, like I would love like just 15 minutes of your time to pick your brain. He's like, dude, like there's a diner down the street. You want to like go grab a meal? I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, let's just go and we'll just chat. And we sat for like two hours and I'm like, to this day, I remember that, that like, yeah. that was like one of the, like the best like moments of, of like my career that I'm like, this guy, this guy's so cool. Like he didn't need to, like, he literally never met me until this moment. And he was just like, yeah, like, let's just go grab a meal together. So, yeah. um, being a I woman. Oh yeah. No. What happened? Sports scene though. What happened now? Oh, can you, can you hear me fine? Our AC is kind of loud. I can hear you. I feel like on my end, it's almost like a delay. Cause like there's, there's times like I'll see the lips moving and then like the sound will come like almost afterwards. But, uh, I know our building is not the best with service, so. Oh, okay. No. It's... Um, sorry. What was the last thing you said that I cut you off because I was asking if you could hear me? Oh, I was uh, just saying like you know like Chad didn't need to to do that for me, and I thought that, that was like really cool. And it was like I said, it's been five six years now, and I'm like that still remains one of the highlights of my journalism career was just the fact totally. that like he took two hours out of his night when he's already insanely busy. You know, he's on he was on the road. Yeah. Probably, what two three hundred days a year. That like you know this is a night off so to say and you know he wanted to spend it with some kid some twenty three year old kid that he didn't even know but yeah um meaningful yeah for for you being a woman in sport like you know it can be a difficult task because like there are obstacles that women need to fit or what obstacles that women face that men typically don't face in 
the sports realm. I was wondering, like, do you, did you experience that as a sports reporter? And if so, what were some of those examples? I feel like I am not, this sounds odd. This is like a weird answer. I'm not sure if I did. I think <laughs> because I was in it at like mostly the high school level to the people I was interviewing. It was like, Oh, cool. I'm well, like, Hey mom. So it was like a cooler, like, I don't think necessarily the people I was interviewing treated me that way. Um, sometimes in the like workspace end of it, I felt a little bit like rushed aside, like, Oh, we have you as like a token girl, but I don't know if that's true. So it might've felt that way, but I don't want to assume that because that might've not been how they felt, but it definitely, I think a combination of things, like I was also very young. I was 22, 23, I guess. And so for me, like fresh out of college, definitely on the lower level of like learning and just being new there, I feel like there was a few different obstacles, but I mostly encountered very kind people and I'm thankful for that. Um, Even when I was doing the ESPN stuff, like sometimes I feel like people would be like, oh, who's that? And it wasn't like, oh, she's a respected reporter. It was just like, who's that person? Like, Like just kind of looking you with the side eye, like, yeah, hey, um, but no, I mean, I think that everyone's feelings are perfectly valid. So like, even if, yeah. like you said, like, even if that was not necessarily the case, like, I think it's important when you are talking with either when you're talking directly to superiors or looking back, mm-hmm. I'm like, again, even if that wasn't the case, like that's still how I felt. Yeah. So like in some ways I'm like, you know, there's, there's validity to that. Cause like if I had a, a tiff with my editor where I'm like, yeah, I felt like you ripped apart every single thing that I wrote or that you were harder on me than everyone else. Even if, you may have thought like you treated every article the same. You treated every report the same. Like that doesn't negate how I felt because I would see other people and see their interactions with you. And, and I would see my own and be like, something doesn't quite add up here, but I would say that exactly what you just said is how I felt a lot of the time. Okay. You pretty much spoke my thoughts where I would be like, I am I like the token person to get ripped apart, but I'm reading this other article that has typos. I, I don't want to be like being careful with my words. I don't mean to shade anyone, but no, I, some, I um, and I'm sure other people might've felt that way too. And been like, why is she? So it's all perspective and relative, but um, it was interesting. And I think it helped shape me and it definitely helped me learn what I do and don't like in a job. And it led me like through different, like every job I've had is because I met someone at my previous job. And so I think that there's no really like wrong steps in that, it was all valuable and I learned so much and I had so much fun doing it. Like I loved being at those games and I felt excited to do those interviews. So that's a good sign because not everyone's excited to go to work. So even looking back at the things that I might've thought were negative, even if they were, when I look at it as a whole, it was really positive experience and I'm thankful for it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I know we crossed paths, you know, dozens of times throughout games, whatever, but I felt like there was that one game, I think it was at Rye high school where like, yeah, that was like the first like real in-depth conversation that we had. And I think we yeah. bonded over that where it's like, Hey, so like, what's it like over there? What's it like over there? Like, yeah, this is kind of, I feel like I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, Oh my God, it's so great to feel heard. And like, you know, first feel like I'm not the only one out there feeling this. Um, yeah. so what made you, I mean, I, cause I, again, I, this was years ago, so I don't know if it was just the, you know, uh, Altice, I think bought him or whatever. Like it was that why you left sports or was there another reason why you got out of sports journalism? Um, yeah, so like total transparency. So I got like cut first and I was all like ticked and offended. Um, 
as any 23 year old girl will be when they get let go from their first job, so to speak. And then literally, I think it was like four or five days later, it came out that Altis bought and like the whole entire department was shut down, which almost was more offensive. So I was like, you're just trying to like fire me two days before just to like twist the knife, whatever. <laughs> um, but who, that being said, so after that, I was sort of in like a job limbo. I worked at, I don't know if you're familiar with Bang Bang Tattoos. It's like really, you might be. <laughs> no, I'm actually, yeah, I mean, being covered in okay. tattoos, you would think, but uh, no, I'm not too familiar with it's it. It's like Bang. the most famous prestige tattoo shop in New York City. They tattoo the most insane celebrities. The people that work there are just like so talented. You can't even put into words. It's in, insane. You should look at their Instagram. Um, yeah. So I was communications there for a little bit like it was I was kind of bouncing around from jobs but none of them felt like careers and I talk about this a lot to like random people that I felt like I was at a job and not in a career and I'm looking for a career because I want something that's long term I don't hate bouncing around and I have bounced around a little bit so um I'm happy now um so once I was there I was sort of figuring out and then I also worked at a restaurant um family friend owns a restaurant and I was helping out there so it was kind of random and I was kind of lost, I guess, because I didn't know how to get back into sports and I was feeling defeated and yada, yada. And then I, um, through the restaurant, made a connection with someone who worked in the beauty industry um, who went on to be my boss and is still one of my very close friends to this day. And so I ended up working in beauty and makeup on the social media side. And then I was still writing on the side for a magazine called Prune, which is no longer in existence, but I was doing celebrity interviews and doing really cool stuff there. Um, like that was so exciting to me. I was interviewing all these people that I was watching on TV and looking up to and this and that. It was so fun and thrilling to me. Um, and so between my experience working in the beauty industry and then still writing on the side for Prune and still getting that interviewing and just like journalism at my fingertips at all times, um, I ended up reaching out to Betches. I just literally emailed them. And I was like, if you guys need a writer, like I'm really interested and to my happy surprise, they answered quite quickly and they were like, sure. And <laughs> come on really, board. I get to write about the things I really like, which is exciting because um, it's fun when you're looking forward to writing an article. And I feel like you might be able to relate to this. Like sometimes you think you want to write an article and then you sit down and you're like, I really don't want to do this right now. And you push it off. And I have definitely done that in the past where I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to interview this person. And then it comes a day and I'm like, oh, and I don't know why that is because I am so excited leading up to it. But for the articles I'm writing now, like I'm always looking forward to it. And and I think it's also just the opposite. Like there's times where like you go into an assignment and you're like, oh, I yeah. don't want to do it. I think I talked about this a couple of episodes ago where like you, you get the assignment or and you're like, I know nothing about this sport or I know nothing about this topic. And and like, yeah, you you do your you know, pre-research just so you're not clueless going into the interview. Yeah. And then like, I find those are sometimes, you know, you have the best interviews, the best stories where you feel like you could talk to them for hours on end and then you write it and you're like, the words just flood out of you and you're like, holy shit, this was like one of the best things I ever wrote. Or it's, it's just, it's a very good thing that I wrote and I didn't I, know anything about it going in. Yeah. Because sometimes if you're overly knowledgeable about a topic, it like drives you away. You're like, okay, I don't like care to interview this person. I already know about them. But when it's a complete random thing, it motivates you to like learn more during that interview. And that's usually why they flow so nicely. And I think like, for, at least for me, like I part, it's part of the reason why I like doing this show. Like I've had a lot of people that I know, like yourself included. And there's times I get complete strangers. So like the strangers, it's, it's nice to 
just get to know them. Like I've never met you. <laughs> it's just cool. Let's let's find out what, what kind of walk of life you're from. But even yeah. like I've had some friends, I'm like, I'm going to ask them questions that I may have known them for 10 years that I've never asked them and just yeah. try to get to know a different side of them. Or if I know, you know, someone like if I know you from sports, like, you know, now I want to ask you more about like, you know, the fashion side of things. And yeah. like, you know, I've never really asked about your relationship, anything like that. But I, I see, you know, you and your boyfriend are like an adorable freaking couple. Okay. Um, and it's like, you know, <laughs> you just get to know people. Um, and they're just the, also the extrovert in me and like who loves having conversations with people. So, yeah. um, when you were in sports journalism, I was curious, like, did you ever get the, like, you know, wow, you like, you know, a lot about sports for a girl. Um, yes, <laughs> I've got that my whole life. Um, my family is mostly boys. I have one girl cousin and then all of my cousins on both sides other than that are boys. And so I think I grew up like wanting to be cool and fit in with them. And it was one of those things where I was like, well, all the boys are watching football. Like I want to watch with them. Like it was definitely, I'd be lying if it, I said it wasn't that mindset where I was like, okay, I want to fit in with my family. Like, um, but then I fell in love with football, like at a pretty young age. And that was definitely the driving factor for me. Um, above all other sports like I loved football live breathe eat it um definitely to this day have way more knowledge of football than any other sport but I think yes like sometimes I'd have conversations with people and they'd be like oh like you know that and I would just be like yes I'm a human being I can retain information even if it's not about what you thought it would be um definitely with football though and especially with the Steelers like I am a huge Steelers fan and I definitely think that being in the beauty industry kind of pulled me away from football a little bit, but like there was a point in time where you could ask me anything about anyone on Steelers, like, and like what draft pick was so-and-so and I would tell you every, it was just like one of those things. So yeah, I would say to answer your question, which I just took 20 minutes to answer a very short question. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I mean, that's also why I think that you should never judge a book by its cover. Like I think some people, like like you said, they they look at you like, oh, you know, here's just like this pretty blonde girl. Where, like, what could she possibly know about football? And yeah. like, you can you know trump them. And you know, like I think some people might look like, oh, he's a guy. He's covered in tattoos. He definitely knows football. I'm like, I couldn't name twenty people in the NFL probably. Like, I don't pay that much attention. Or if I could, it would be like all the upper echelon guys. But like the Steelers, I know like Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith Schuster. That's that's about it. Um, and that's why I'm like, you know, just go in with you know, and treat people like people don't sit there and think like, you know, Oh, you're a girl. You can't know about this or you're a guy. You should know about this. Cause like, just as you've gotten the, you like, I'm surprised you know so much about football for a girl. I know a lot about sports for a girl. Like I get the, you know, you don't watch football or you're not like a football fan. Like just because I'm a guy, I'm like, yeah, no, I would, I think I said one day, like I'd rather watch pretty little liars than a football game, but you know, <laughs> everyone is different. So I think you should just treat them as they are and not what you perceive them to be. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? I'm curious because you are a big football fan. Um, what are your thoughts about athletes or teams like kind of using their platforms to speak out against either racial injustice, social injustices and whatnot? Because I know that's a really hot button issue throughout the country and it has been for the last five years. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. I think that people who have a platform and have a voice should be able to use it how they want. I know that it's such a controversial topic and people don't want to hear it from those people. But it's like if you or having a conversation with your friends about it. Why can't these public figures have a conversation with their friends about it? It just so happens that when they have a conversation, we hear about it. Like, I know there was the person that told LeBron James to shut up and dribble, but it's like, hey, has she ever in her entire life had a conversation about politics? Yes. So then why? Yeah. Um, so I think that if you have a platform and you want to use it that way, you should. Um, I feel strongly that people should be able to use their voice how they want to. And, 
I definitely am in support. I mean, of course, if it's negative, yeah. well, not negative. Like if it's something that's not opinionated, let's say that it's like an actual promotion of something very negative or dangerous or harmful, then sure. But if it's opinion based, like we're all entitled to our own opinion. And I think that it's a good thing that people are speaking up and trying to inform others. I don't know. The world is a crazy place right now and everyone has such different views, but no, I, I also think it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, how like you can have multiple interests. Like mm-hmm. you love sports and you love fashion and beauty. Like just because LeBron James is the greatest basketball player, like on the planet right now, like mm-hmm. you mean you, you think that he doesn't, he can't have a voice about what's going on in the black community. Like you think he can't have yeah. an opinion on the political system or whatever. Like, you know, just because he is a basketball player, it doesn't mean that's everything about him. So it's yeah. like, you know, that that's where I come from, whether they're like, you know, they're still people like, yes, they're athletes and they're paid yeah. millions upon millions of dollars, but like they are at the end of the day, human beings. So yeah. I'm like, we all have a voice. And I think, yeah. like you, I think you said it perfectly in that, like, we all share our opinions. It's just that theirs tend to get voiced, you know, a little bit louder than, uh, than like you and me, so to say. Um, yeah. do you think, cause again, you're a big NFL fan. Like, do you think, um, Colin Kaepernick will ever play another down in the NFL? I hope so. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I hope so. I'm not optimistic though. Like I just, I think that the, the black ball is, is I- just, planted on him and it's not going to happen as much as I would like it to. Yeah. If the question was, does he deserve to? Absolutely. Yes. I honestly, this is like not the most exciting answer, but I really just don't know. I don't know. No, no it's, it's, it's an answer. Like that I hope to see, yeah. but I don't know. <laughs> Do you think that we will see any NFL this, uh, this season? I don't know. I am quite curious that, myself um i think it depends if they do the bubble system for lack of a better word like we're seeing at work for basketball we're not seeing baseball go very well and they're most certainly not doing it um i don't think you and i will be in the stands i yeah. think if you do it like i know some teams were saying that they were going to have fans but you had to wear a mask and there was going to be like seats between but i yeah. i don't know it just seems unrealistic and I think the more we try to rush things of that nature, the slower we'll get back. Whereas if everyone was like, all right, we're just going to have to can it. Like, I mean, I understand there's so much money to be lost there and there's so many factors that go into it. But um, yeah, it feels unrealistic that um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess there's a lot that can change in the next month or two, but to me, it seems unrealistic. Yeah. Like, I, I'm a like baseball is, is my top sport to watch and follow and whatnot. And I sit there and looked at the way they were handling things, the way the NBA was handling things. And I'm like, I was saying, like, I was saying like, just cancel the, ba- the baseball season. Like just stop trying to hold, do this. Like we're gonna do a 60 game season or a 50 game season. I'm like, just cancel it. Like, you know, any, cause even if you put together the infrastructure to try to make this work, like we're, what can happen is what we're seeing right now. Or like if one team, you know, has a flare up, like, that can be the end of that division or then that can end of the season. At least like the NBA is like, we're going to quarantine everybody in this bubble. Mm-hmm. So at least there's a shot of that happening and then we can see where that goes. But I'm like, as much as I would love to see baseball, like there's part of me that's not very optimistic about how the season's going to go. And they, and even if they get through the season, I'm like, and even if the Yankees win, which I would love for them to, I'm like, I can't like say with, with like a straight face, like, yeah, world series champs, 2020, like, 
dude, you you won a sixty game season or, or whatever yeah. whatever the season is. Like it's not the same to me. Yeah, sixty games, sixty six days. Yeah. With also, I feel like people, and this is me being a fake doctor. I don't even know what I'm saying right now, but I feel like if you're working that hard and like you're compromising your body, your immune system, like you're going to be more susceptible. Is that the word I'm looking for? To catching the virus. Or even if it's not the virus, like just getting sick and like your body breaking down. Like, I know, I mean, I know baseball is kind of like that anyways. It's really back to back to back, but it just feels like at this time, it might not be the best idea, but I don't know. Uh, I think this is the final sports question I have for you. If you could interview one sports person, player, coach, active or retired, who would it be and why? Oh God, I have so many. Um, Or who's one that, like one of the first that comes to your mind? I would love to interview Antonio Brown. I freaking adored him for so many years and then shit hit the fan. And I want to, I want to know why. Like, I just want to be like, what was the breaking point? Is this CTE? Is it you were always crazy and it was hidden? Is it that the NFL was fucking playing you and you were just over it? Like, I want to know. I want to know the dirt. It's a juicy story. And he's someone that I was obsessed with when he was like a hot player. Um, And I went to a game with Tom, my boyfriend, and he signed my jersey. And it was like the highlight of my freaking life. Like, I literally ripped my jersey off. This is so, like, I don't know what the word is. Yeah. Um, unladylike of me. I ripped my jersey off and threw it at him and he signed it. And I was like, wow, this is the best moment of my life. And like, for that reason, I don't, I mean, if I like sat and thought about it, I might change my answer like ever all the time. But in this moment, I feel like that's who I would want to. I mean, that, that's a phenomenal, <laughs> especially like, again, you're a huge Steelers fan, you're a huge yeah. football fan, and he's an he interesting was- character, for so to say. Like, he was dominating the news cycle for like a yeah. solid month, I feel like, mm-hmm. where it was just like everything was Antonio Brown and like, what's he doing next kind of thing. So, like, yeah, yeah I feel like there, there'd be a pretty juicy interview in there and a lot of questions to ask. And then maybe like respecting an athlete was probably LeBron James. Um, my boyfriend worships him, and I just feel like it would be a really cool experience because. He will go down in history. Him or Tom Brady. Honestly, any of the people that are going to be like historical figures in the sports realm, it would obviously be just like incredible to talk to any of them. Even Bill Belichick. Just people that one day you're going to tell your grandkids about them to say, mm-hmm. oh, I think that person. So now do I you, have like... <laughs> do you believe uh, Jordan or, or LeBron for you? Um, <laughs> so I didn't really grow up watching basketball too much. So I'm more familiar with like current time. So I would say LeBron. Also, I think Tom's watching and he'll break up with me and do that. So LeBron. Well, <laughs> um, that feel differently because I know it's a generational thing and it's also, it just depends on what matters to you in terms of basketball. Is it championship rings or is it like profile as an athlete? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I see Tom in the comment section, LeBron. I'm like, I would, I would love it if you were like a, like a hardcore like Jordan girl and he was like a LeBron guy. And I would love to hear like what kind of a debate y'all have. But if you're on the same page, it's probably better for uh, for everyone. He's a hardcore Jets fan, so we can we debate there because we can <laughs> sometimes. Um, so you know, moving on to your you know fashion and and you know, beauty work and whatnot, like so you you are no stranger to interviewing celebrities, and I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Who was your, like, out of the people you actually have interviewed, who was your favorite and why? Um, My favorite, I've, like, encountered so many really nice people. And I would say that it's usually smaller scale people that are just so much more 
thankful and like kind. The person I was most excited to interview was Tyson Ritter. He was the lead singer of the All American Rejects, and I just like flipped a shit when I found out. But it was definitely not my most enjoyable. Um, I think when you build someone up to be too exciting, and then they're not so nice, you're like, "Don't meet your heroes." Thing. Yeah, or if you talk to them and they're not nice to you, and it's just like heartbreaking. Um, no shade. Yeah. No, I saw a TikTok last night. And I actually sent it to my fiance Shannon. Um, it's about like this girl who like met Lizzo and had like this miserable experience about like you know she like apparently Lizzo like did not talk. It was like you know, like oh my god I love your music and Lizzo was like, uh-huh. and you're like oh I love you so much and Lizzo was just like, uh-huh. and they went to take a photo and like it was just Lizzo, and then that was like it. And I'm like wow like I wouldn't expect that out of Lizzo, but I know Shannon really <laughs> likes Lizzo. I'm not particularly a huge fan of her so like i was kind of like shan look at this like just saying like you know you don't know what people are like but also like she could have just been having a bad day or whatever. yeah you don't really know the Has whole she... story lizzo's fun though yeah and her music gets me going yeah oh yeah I, i've said um was it truth hurts like there's like it's like a nine out of ten that usually i don't want to hear it but that like one or two times out of ten i am blasting the music i am screaming at the top of my lungs like i turn into a bad bitch like it's just like the, the it's the spirit of lizzo it just kind of consumes you and just overtakes your body like an exorcist or but not it's like a possession exorcisms when it's taken out of you but yeah um oh yeah and shen also wanted me to tell you she was like uh betcha's brides is getting her like through wedding planning during oh, covid right now so she's like please tell her that i'm like okay i will <laughs> Rides, but I read them, even though I'm not engaged. It just makes me laugh. Like, I read every single Betches article. They're all so funny. There's so many people there that are just, like, so creative in their writing style and so damn funny that I just, anytime I need to unwind, um, even if it's an article that has nothing to do with me, like, I look forward to reading my peers' articles because they're just all great. I try to be. I'm just not funny, though. I try <laughs> So, I mean, you, you write about you know, fashion, you write about makeup, you write about like all beauty topics. Like, do you have a favorite specific topic to write about or? Um, I like writing about makeup and skincare because it pertains to my knowledge as well as like what I care about. Um, I didn't really care that much about skincare until I started working in it. And then I was like, oh my God, like I need to do it. And also skincare to me is like one of those things where it's kind of like a myth. I'm pretty sure that if you just wash your face with soap and water and never dabbled in skincare, then it would never like you would never need it because I feel like before I cared at all, my skin was the best it's ever been. And now I'm like using a million billion products. So through writing about it and learning more about it and even getting hate in the comments of people being like, that product sucks. You're an idiot, but you should try this. I'm like, okay, well, whatever, like good advice. So even if people are bashing me, which not that that happens that much, but, um, Like, you can take something away from any comment or feedback. So I like learning about new products, and I like trying it. Um, And I've been fortunate enough to receive a lot of PR, and it's fun to try all these products and see what works best for me because I have really dry skin, but some people have really oily skin. So it's just sort of like familiarizing myself with ingredients and products. So beauty and skincare. I don't understand, like, why. Maybe it's just because, like, it's the type of person that I am personally, but, like, I don't understand, like, why there's so much, like, hate out there in terms of, like, comments and whatever like if for that example like say you're promoting this type of skincare you know lotion or whatever and someone hates like why not say like oh you know i never really 
cared for that. You know, why don't you give this a shot? Like, why do you need to like bash this person and be like, or, or just go into like an expletive rage of like, this product fucking sucks, you know, try this one. And it's like, like show me. I'm sorry. People are just mean. Like I, the internet is crazy. It's a crazy place. I cannot imagine being a public figure at this time because the shit that people say to you, it's just mind boggling. Really? Um, not to me necessarily, but when yeah. I like read, friends comments and stuff i'm like shocked at how crazy people are i don't know i hope to never be that way <laughs> and they're mean for like no reason like there's there's just no there's no reason for it that's like like if i can understand like if someone was like a really controversial figure or they were saying something that was really you know provocative or you know controversial it's like okay fine if you want to like kind of clap back at them fine but if i'm just sitting there saying like hey you know i use uh, what is it, shannon saying in the comments uh the only product I, I can gonna... get rage response is to say, my mom fucking swore by this thing. See, seeing eyes or seeing Eve's apricot scrub. Like it was the only thing we ever had in the house for like skincare. Cause like I would have acne as a teenager and like, Oh, use apricot scrub. And then like, I feel like it never did anything and that... then like, I stopped using it and it's somewhat clear, but you know, yeah. It... yeah. And I see like those memes about like, you know, like women use all these different skincare routines and products, whatever. And it's like, and I'll still get like a breakout. It's like guy uses the same bar of soap for like his face, his body, his butt or whatever. And it's like clear skin. (laughs) And so I'm like, yeah, I guess, um, Lauren, I live by that, uh, apricot, but again, that's the other thing. Like every product is different for everyone. I've heard things, but I've never tried it. But I agree. Every product is different. Like I use products that my friends are like, I hate that product. And I'm like, oh, well, it works really well for me because I'm so dry. So, so dry. Like people get oily in the summer because it's hot out and my skin is still like peeling. So. Yeah. So that's, yeah, it's just the same as like Shannon is like, I hate apricot scrub and and Lauren is saying like, you know, like I love it and I live by it. Like, okay, use what works for you. Don't bash someone else for, uh, for using it, I guess, just because it's not your cup of tea. Yeah. Number one thing I've learned about beauty and skincare as well is that like there is no one size fits all for products. No product is going to work for everyone. And I feel like it's really hard for people to accept that because if I try a moisturizer and I say I love it and then I write about it and then people are like that moisturizer is awful. Like I can't believe you would advertise it. Like you just did it because they sent it to you for free. And I'm like, no, I did it because my face isn't peeling anymore. But like if it didn't work for you, it's just hard because everyone has such different skin type. And even with makeup too, like eyeshadows and things like that that i'll be like wow this eyeshadow like was so bright on my skin and my friend will be like oh it like literally was like patchy and faded for me and i'm like oh thank you lauren (laughs) um but yeah it's like it's so circumstantial and it's really hard so i feel like that's one like difficulty about writing about skincare and makeup so to speak but like a fun difficulty because when people have feedback, then I can go ahead and try those products. So I don't really care if someone hates on it as long as I can learn something from their rudeness. <laughs> like I, I'm not too well versed in skincare, but like I, I notice it with uh, like with that like fashion and clothing or whatever. Like so, yeah. like I have like Brooks Brothers suits, which are good. I but they're not like my favorite type of suit. I have you know an Express suit, which you know mm-hmm. Express to some people is not as high end as Brooks Brothers, but I'm like. I feel confident and I feel like I look my best in that suit and I'm like, just because it's half the price or whatever, like that's what works for me. Like Brooks Brothers might look good on you. It doesn't feel the same way to me. So like you buy Brooks Brothers, I'll buy Express and we can coexist in this world of fashion together. Totally. Yeah. I think a lot of things are with fashion. It's funny. Like 
sometimes I will like splurge on a shirt or whatever it may be. And people will not even like mention it. And then I'll wear like a t-shirt from forever 21. And everyone's like, that's so chic. Where did you get that? I'm like, this was $1 and the $90 shirt I wore yesterday. You didn't comment on like, so you just have to, I think it's about how you style. And that's kind of the same thing with fashion too. Is like, for me, like I'm really tall and lanky, like, you know that, but to any of the seven people here who don't know it, I'm six foot tall and I have no curves. So like what might look amazing on other people and like styled so cool doesn't look good. But then for me, like, I love wearing like Amish prairie looking dresses like right now. And my friends are like, I look so frumpy, like a grandma. And I'm like, this is what looks good on me. Like you just have to learn. I feel like it's learning what looks good on you. It's like the number one key when it comes to fashion. Cause if you know what looks good on you, then you're automatically more confident leaving the home. And if you're confident leaving the home, it rubs off on people and people notice that you look good when you feel good. That was beautifully said. Um, <laughs> like my, so my fiance Shannon has, I'm like she she's tall, she's like five eight, um, and she always tells me she's like I feel like I'm shaped like a box, like in terms of like having no curves, even though like I think she looks great, um, and it's just like you said, I, I know her the struggle she goes through of like trying to find things that you know she feels confident and looks good, and even if I tell her you know you look great, like it's you know, you got to find what what you like and what works for you. So yeah. oh yeah. Tom, watching this can definitely attest that all I do is complain, <laughs> and he's like please please. You look, you look great. Just, 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 just go. Just get it. Um, but you know, th- uh, was it like thrift shopping or whatever? That's definitely something I need to get more into and and looking more into once we're like actually able to to go out and live life somewhat normally again. But um, is there anything that you really want to write about that you have not done to date? Um, I don't know. I feel like I have the luxury of that I've worked with different outlets where like if I had something on my mind I have a few not, I don't want to say luxury but like I've been lucky enough that if I have something on my mind and I pitch it usually at least one of my editors or whatever maybe has picked it up but I feel like I like giving advice to people um, like a lot of my friends will come to me because I feel like I'm very soothing and I'm not someone like if you came to me and needed advice on anything like I'm not just gonna be like uh like let's say a breakup just for an example like uh fuck him like I'll sit there and I'll talk to you and like dissect it with you and like find the things that in a negative situation can make you happy like for me I feel like I'm a grump and I'm always complaining and it's like shocking because I still like want everyone else to be so happy so even and again Tom can confirm on this (laughs) watching I say like even when I am miserable with not that I'm a miserable person, I'm really selling myself negatively here, but like, even when I'm cranky or like bad, like I still just like want to other people to feel good, especially when I'm in a bad mood. Cause I'm like, Oh, I feel like shit right now. I don't want other people to feel this way. So I feel like I'd love to sort of do like, I don't know if this would really be writing as much as it would be talking, but I would love to yeah. do something more like advice esque in hopes of making other people feel good. Also wait, Lauren asked a question. Yep. How did you get a start in your career? And do you have any advice in your career goals? Um, I will give you the spark notes because I could like give an essay on this. I got started by luck. So I went to SUNY Cortland. Jets had their training camp there. I got an internship with them and it was literally like bitch work for lack of a better word. Like go stand on the side of the field and make sure no little kids run on. And if you do, you're fired. Don't let anyone touch Eric Jagger. I'm like, okay, um, cool. <laughs> and so through there, I was able to make connections um, 
in the sports journalism industry just by talking to people and you're around these people all day and even like not in a creepy way but kind of studying what they do listening to the questions they ask um i made a connection there with an espn reporter rich samini who i stayed in touch with after and through there i was able to like better my writing skills and shadow him at espn events to basically just learn from him take his lead and then i reached out to um kevin who was a local sports writer in westchester which is where i'm from and he took me onto his team and he really he like let me follow shadow him i reached out to him asking to shadow him he said yes i shadowed him for a few times and he was like we have an opening like you should join our team and so i got really lucky um and so that was sort of how I got my start. And then I just really kept pushing and trying to make more connections and making sure I'm writing about things that I still like and trying to better myself. Reading is really helpful. Um, reading other people's articles because they'll word things and you're like, oh, like I wouldn't have thought to word it that way. But now that it's on my mind, this is so great. Mm-hmm. So that and then advice and following career goals is just like, don't be afraid to be annoying. Um, I think that people often feel nervous when following up because they don't want to be annoying. But at the end of the day, if you annoy someone, then like, screw them. Hey, Gina. Um, if you're annoying someone, then like, whatever, find someone else that can help you. And if some you find someone that's willing to help you, like, there's good people out there who want to help you better your career. And so once you find that one person, no matter how many people you may have to go through, um, then you will succeed and just push. And Gina, who's supporting me right now, is an amazing writer at Westchester Magazine and just like a genius and a great person to talk to. So highly recommend chatting with her. (laughs) I I, I might have to be sliding into Gina's DMs to ask if she wants to be on one day. That's a very real possibility. Yes, you absolutely should. It has so much and I enjoy learning from her. Uh, so we've mentioned your your boyfriend Tom a couple of times. And I see he's obviously in this chat watching. Which first off, way to be a supportive boyfriend. Um, so I'm curious, like <laughs> you two have been together quite a while now, right? Yes. So we met. So we went to the same middle school, which split into two high schools. I don't know if you're familiar with like the Yorktown Lakeland Central yeah. School District. So we went to Copper Beach Middle School. Then he went to Panis. I went to Lakeland. Um, we knew of each other. Like, we would see each other at parties. Um, and I thought he was cute. And then I found out he thought I was cute. And then... <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we started talking in summer of 2014. Um, so now we've been together for six years. Um, like, official boyfriend-girlfriends in November. So it'll be our six-year anniversary, November 9th. Um but yes, we have been together forever, or so it seems. <laughs> what was the thing that uh, that hooked that hooked uh, you for uh, for him? Um, he took me to my favorite restaurant, Wild Fusion, because I love Chinese food, and he knew that about me. Um, I used to, well, I mean, I still am, but I guess it's just not as easy to do anymore. Be like cult obsessed with hibachi. Like if I didn't eat hibachi three nights a week, I was angry at everyone <laughs> that didn't take me there. Like so. It was just like the little things that he picked up about me really early and made me feel really comfortable. Um, and I sort of had a crush on him and then he like fed me all the things I wanted. So then it worked out so nicely. But um, in terms of how we made it last is that like definitely at the beginning of our relationship, 
I think we both were like immature and it was just sort of getting past the hump of being angry at things that we did to each other when we were in college and being angry at these old things. And then as we matured together, it was really cool to watch us both grow as humans and realize that we really did have the same um, goals and same mindset about a lot of stuff and the stuff that we don't have the same mindset about, we can learn from each other. Like it's not angry things that we don't get like agree on. I feel like even when we debate, it's things that are like helping us learn on both ends, if that makes sense. So yeah. if we have different opinions, like I'll soak in his opinion and learn from him and vice versa. And we're both really stubborn, but we still both find a way to just not fight. <laughs> so you said you got to like officially together in, in November and you said you met or started talking what in, in that, that summer? Um, our first date was July 3rd, 2014. Sorry, I'm creepy. Okay. I know that. No, it's, it's, I, think, I think it's adorable <laughs> that you know that. Um, yeah. so July, I'm so bad at, at like month math. What is that? Six, seven, I don't even know how many months is it? What is that? July till November, four months. I yes. think. Yeah. Seven, yeah. seven to 11, something like that. So, um, September, September October, November. So five months really, five months. because it was all of July. Okay. Five or four, uh, a few months, a few. Is that what, what was the the point where you were like, okay, we're gonna take that next step from just we're just kind of talking to each other, or we're just casually dating to you are my boyfriend, I am your girlfriend now. Tom is gonna murder me for saying this. <laughs> I was visiting, so he is a grade under me. He's five months younger than me, but he's a grade below me. So I was visiting him. He went to Buffalo. And I was like so nervous to ask him, like, what are we? Because when you're, we were 20. So I was like, really like gearing up to ask this question, like, what are we? And I'm so nervous. And I asked him and he was like, I like what we are. And I was like, oh, he's hooking up with other girls. Like, so like when someone's like, I don't want to be official. It's like, but from that, I learned that, um, Tamar has <laughs> left the chat. <laughs> From that, I learned that either I had to keep pursuing him or move on. And I think that because I liked him, I obviously stuck around. And as any 20-year-old boy does, he did things that pissed me off. And then we got past it. And then I think it was like Valentine. No. Well, okay. So he was visiting me in November. And I think I kind of was like, I hate being in limbo. Like, my feelings are hurt boy um and he was like well, i don't want to lose you so like you can be my girlfriend now <laughs> okay and then i feel like at the beginning it was still sort of like meh and then valentine's day he said i love you or like around that time and then i was like okay this is legit like again we're now at this point 21 um so it was like as legit as any 21 year old relationship may be but um yeah i, I then- think people feel like there needs to be this like romanticized like beginning of like oh we met we knew it right away and we've been together since the day we met like no like sometimes it's you know there are points where you're like you know i'm still figuring myself out or i'm still like i like what we are for now and then we get together i think it's not how you start it's how you finish i think if anything it's a good thing like it was hurtful at the time but i feel like if he didn't get out whatever he needed to get out before we dated we wouldn't have lasted um and, like, it's hard to pin down a college boy or even girl, really. Like, I think at the time I just was so, like, I don't want you to like anyone else, but that's just so unrealistic. So I think that it was just accepting the situation as it was, learning from it, growing, and, like, 
learning to forgive um and i am such a hypocrite i know like anyone watching this who's close to me will be like you did not forgive him easily and i didn't like i was hurt for a long time by things that happened um and same with him like i was so crazy because i was so wanting him to be on the same page as me because i'm one of those people and this is like not even true for just relationships but for anything if i like something like i'm set on it and I don't change my mind so even if it's like for example my sweet 16 dress I told Thomas the other day I walked into the store and I was like I want that one and then my mom was like why don't you try on a few and I was like no I don't want to I only want to try on that one and then the store clerk was like mm, like you should try on other ones and I was like I literally don't understand why you guys are pressuring me when I only like this so I feel like it's the same with relationships like if you're my person like friend dating anything like I'm like ride or die right then and there. Like, I'm not going to screw you over. I'm going to have your back through everything. So with Tom, I was like, I'm never going to talk to another boy again. And like, did I like stuck to that mindset. But with Tom, like he's a 20 year old college boy and he's like having fun. And there was no boundary set. It's not like he was like, I will not speak to other people. So for me, I was like, why does he want to hang out with other people? Like, I don't get it. And it's like, okay, because we're growing. And eventually he felt that way too. But I just felt that way earlier I guess so for me I didn't understand why like I don't know I'm so stubborn like if I have a, a mindset I'm like why does everyone else not feel this way too um which is totally a downfall for me I think that like that's not a good thing um maybe for some stuff but for this I was like I don't get why like you don't want to never talk to anyone else again um, why won't you love me bitch <laughs> but then finally I think it was one of those things where time went on and then he was like you know what like I appreciate your psychoticness and let's do it <laughs> um well i had something and like don't i i feel like i have that happens like once every, um, every five episodes where like it was in my head and i'm like oh shit now i totally forgot what it was um oh no but i mean I, I can empathize that's what it was like i empathize with you in that like you know if if things didn't happen the way they happened and if like tom didn't t kind of take that time like maybe you wouldn't yeah. have worried. like i feel that because like i've like, I don't know if you know, but I know for your followers who are just tuning in for the first time, like, I told my fiance that when we first got together, like, I was fresh off of a breakup, and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not in that space. I really, really like you, but, like, if we yeah. dive into this right now, I don't, I'm not very optimistic that it's going to end well, so, like, let me just sort my shit out, and then yeah. we'll give it a go, and a couple months later, give it a go, and, you know, five months later, I picked out a ring, so, <laughs> and here we are. Um, Tom, so where's I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I said, Tom, where's my ring? But I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I didn't want to put him or you on the spot about any engagement questions or anything like that. So I didn't and, have anything written down. Oh my God. No, it's fine. I think um, like we talked about it as a couple. I think that 2020 is like out here um, ruining plans a little bit, um, but that's okay. When it happens, it happens. I, it will be special when it is our time. Um, just like it was special when it was your time. And I think we're kind of at the point where we're like, we live together we know we like each other. We know we want to have a future together. So therefore, Tom, stop. Tom's laughing at me. I was waiting for him to just crack and make fun of me. Um, but yeah, I feel like we're in a good place. So when it happens, I'll be excited um, for my new hardware. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm doing like daily segments now. This is the first Tuesday that I'm doing it for. So you're the first uh, quote unquote victim of it. Um, so we're doing Transformation Tuesdays. And the question Ooh. is... What is one way in which you've grown, particularly within dating your own relationship over the years? Oh, my God. Um, I've definitely grown a lot. I used to be a psycho, but I didn't know it. And this is going to sound weird, but I know girls can relate. Like, 
I feel like you have so many feelings and when someone's energy doesn't match your energy at the time, it's like really confusing. And as you grow older, you learn that like, okay, you're not always going to get your way. Like in a way it was almost sort of like a spoiled selfish thing where I was like, why am I not getting my way with this? Except for it's not an object or a thing. It's a relationship. So I think it was learning one to compromise. Um, Like I used to be very my way or the highway and I'll totally take ownership of the fact that I probably sucked to date for the first year at least like just because I was close-minded in the sense that I didn't understand why like I don't even know how to further explain I just didn't understand why like we weren't on the same page so I think I've grown there and learned to accept our differences and obviously we've grown together and now we're in such a healthy happy relationship but um just like letting things go as well I'm a grudge holder I've been that way since I was little not only relationships like even friendships like there's people that like closed the door in my face at a party in high school and I still hate them like I can't help it I don't there's something wrong with me I don't know um and I'm kind of kidding but Tom will appreciate that because I always say it and he gets mad um so point being that like I have trouble letting things go so I think that that's been biggest growth is that things that really used to bother me and things that I would hold on to, I finally realized that's like, why am I bothering being mad about something that's so irrelevant um, in relationship and out of relationship? But yeah, just, I think I've grown the most, like, I think Tom will agree with this, that I've grown from being like an insecure, just like frustrated, not understanding partner to someone who's much more like, complete and happy with where I am and like less dependent on needing someone else's reassurance like that's another thing is that I was really unhappy and like insecure so I felt like I leaned on him to make me feel better and if he didn't which it wasn't his job to but if he didn't I was like oh like I hate you you're so mean to me but like no it's just that I needed to grow myself and like have more self-love and more respect for myself and understanding for myself and then once that happened I felt like our relationship really started to blossom more and uh, I know we got like two minutes left before Instagram like kicks us off or whatnot. So our, our the final section or segment is dropping the mic. It's one final question for the episode. And okay. I'm curious, in your opinion, what is the biggest cause of fights and or breakups in relationships and why? Um, This is so basic, but I really do think cheating or just lying. I think that honesty is the best policy, even if it's going to hurt your feelings. Like finding out something that someone lied about versus just knowing and hearing it from them sucks. Okay. And well, uh, so- yeah, being honest, open, and like learning from your mistakes rather than denying them. Right. And we do have the two minute warning now. So uh, where can people find you on, uh, on Instagram or where can they find your work and read your stuff? Um, yeah, so you can obviously follow me here. It's the Dylan Jade R, um, which has like taken on a life of its own. My middle name is Jade and my last name is Rubenstein. And so it was supposed to be like Dylan Jade R. And then people were like, Jader. So a lot of people think my last name's Jader. It's not. Um, anyone watching thinks that. Surprise. Um, but yeah, the Dylan Jader on Instagram. Um, if you go to the link in my bio, it has my entire portfolio for Betches. Um, my Prune articles. I really should put a website up and like upload the PDFs because Prune's no longer a live website. But I have close to 200 articles and interviews. So one day I will... Get all that yep. up and running. 
yeah, link in bio for matches. <laughs> Excellent. Dylan, thank you so much. It was wonderful catching up with you. Tom, thank you for all of your input in the comments section. Hopefully, uh, I would love like for the two or for the four of us to get together for like a double date or something like that yeah. once COVID <laughs> is, is all said and done because it would be great to meet Tom and to just for you to for you guys to be chatting just to kind of yeah. catch up and everything. But uh, I hope you have a wonderful night. Uh, give Tom my best and uh, we'll talk soon. Okay. Have a good night. And uh, everyone will be back tomorrow at 8 o'clock with uh, Mike Kim. He is a comedian and the host of the Set Breaker podcast, so you can follow him at Mike Kim Comedy. See you tomorrow at 8 o'clock, and have a good night. Peace. Bye.